Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I uh, received an email from uh, my good friend, Professor Eric Cam, a very interesting piece about the fiscal and economic situation in Canada today. First day of May, we're heading into the spring, really heading into spring now. So it's our debt, our deficit, and uh, when do you think the last time was we experienced a surplus? Some will remember, others won't. And we also have the Bank of Canada threatening forced interest rate hikes. So how does the BOC make sure that they're forcing interest rate hikes? Is my question. How do they make sure that uh, the interest rate hikes won't push Canada into recession? Dr. Eric Cam is a professor of macroeconomics at Toronto Metropolitan University, formerly Ryerson University. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing very well, and congratulations on getting the name right. Yeah, well, you sent it to me. Yeah, I did. I did. It's actually the perfect name, Ryerson, or we're not supposed to use that name anymore, was trying to find, find a name that was vanilla, meant everything, meant nothing, offended nobody, and I think that they found it. Toronto Metropolitan University. That's right. TMU for short. Okay. Get a jacket. So let me uh, let me get on to the issues here. Um, it was a very interesting piece that you sent me that was written by a friend of yours, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. I want to go through the pieces with you. But before we do that, heading into this new week and the new month, Tiff Macklin, the governor of the Bank of Canada, told Canadians to prepare for interest rates, and here's his quote, forcefully, if needed, end quote, to get inflation under control. What does that say to you? It says to me that we are in an inflationary spiral right now. I mean, it's one thing to be an inflationary phase where you see prices creeping up. But we all know if we've been to the grocery store or the gas station, we're not in a phase. We're in a spiral. Prices are kind of going up out of control. And Tiff Macklem is a very smart man. And I think he made his points this week very clear, Roy. He said there were three ideas that Canadians right now cannot forget. Inflation is high, and it's only getting higher in the short run. Inflation has broadened to the number of goods being affected. And long-term inflation may even be higher than short-term inflation. And that is an absolute reverse from the Bank of Canada and the government's position mere weeks ago when they said that the long-term effects of these price increases would be transitory. So what you heard this week was some very honest, frank discussion from the Bank of Canada governor telling Canadians what to expect. And the answer is no relief, no time soon, Roy. Okay, so... I'm the layperson. I mean, when I listen to the Bank of Canada, when I listen to the governor of the Bank of Canada, over a period of time, talking about inflationary trending, and they get it wrong, time and again, I start to pay even closer attention. And then when they talk about forcefully, if needed, interest rate hikes, I start to have some little shivers down my spine worrying, or not maybe worrying, but having some level of concern that maybe these forcefully, if needed, interest rate hikes may lead to an unpredicted and undesired effect of overcooling the national economy, leading to recession. Am I uh, way off pace? 
Uh, no, you're way on base. Um, only I'm not sure I'd use the word unexpected anymore. Listen, again, you know, my sources at the Bank of Canada tell me that rates are going up at least, at least 200 basis points in the next month or two. Now, that's 2%. And so there's no question that that's going to have a significant effect on borrowing. So is it going to bring down investment? Well, sure, it probably will. Is it going to bring down consumption? Yeah, it probably will. But you know what it's going to start to do at some point, Roy? And I think this is the heart of what you're getting at, is it's going to affect the one market that so far has been impervious, and that's the labor market. If you look at the labor market in this country, labor demand is very high. And one could argue that it's fueling the increase in gross domestic product right now. And you see, that's really the crux of this argument, is that if you are a lay person, frankly, if you're any person, and you pick up the Globe and Mail or any of our national newspapers, and you look at the numbers, well, you see unemployment very low, and gross domestic product quite high and rising. So you would say things look pretty good. The problem is, is that we know that now that is a veil. Things do not look pretty good. What is coming on the horizon is nothing less than periods of stagflation. And that means gross domestic product falling and prices rising. What people have to understand now, with all due respect to my friends, is that the Bank of Canada and the government of Canada can't fix this quickly. There is no lever to pull. We're not a physics laboratory. And Canadians better expect this for the short, medium, and probably long term of a couple of years of prices only going in one direction, Roy. So I remember you... Certainly last year, maybe a year ago, you first said stagflation on this program. And here we are, essentially. Yeah. Well, you know, it's better to be lucky than good. But the problem is, is that what I was able to do is just discern some of the macroeconomic variables and then just, you know, sometimes two plus two equals four. And again, let's not get into my constant degradation of our liberal government in Ottawa. But when you print that much money, Roy... When you put that much liquidity into the system, inflation is just inevitable. I mean, some people joke inflation is too much dollars chasing too few goods. Well, that's at the best of times, but we don't have too few goods, Roy. We have a supply chain problem. We hardly have any goods. I can tell you personally, my wife and I were shopping for cars this weekend. And while no one's going to have a tag day for me, I can't afford the last car that we leased. It's just now out of our price range. And that's now more and more goods. So maybe I was lucky and I was early to jump on the stagflation bandwagon, but now there's nowhere to go. I mean, it, it, it is just going to happen. The only question is, is A, how long? And B, what is the government going to do about it? Yeah. I mean, I was looking at uh, cars as well the last couple of weeks, and particularly the last few days. I've been online just taking a look, thinking maybe it's time. Uh, maybe this is the time to pull the trigger and get something else. And honestly, I, I saw a price early this morning. I can barely get the words out. I said, what? Starts at what? And and that's where, that's where the search ended. It, it really was one of those moments. It starts at that number. And then you look at the used cars, and they're just as expensive. And my car, the one I'd be trading in, uh, has increased in value ridiculously and uh, but then what i would buy here we go would be exponentially more expensive so let me just slide sideways here get myself out of this hole i dug for myself 
The ratio of household debt to disposable income by the end of last year was at a record high. And something I've talked about on the show for years. So what does the Bank of Canada have to consider when household debt nationally is at record levels? Does that come into play at all when they look at their forcefully, if needed, interest rate hikes? Well, it does. It does, because the, the last thing the Bank of Canada wants to do is trigger an all-out mutiny where people cannot afford their homes and their cars and their lives. And they know that they're perilously close to that. There's been periods in our history, Roy, where on average, people have actually dissaved. Where on average, for every dollar you've made, you've spent a dollar twenty and a dollar thirty. We actually weren't doing bad in that ratio for a long time, and thankfully, in a in a in an ironic sense, all of the money that was given out during the pandemic made that statistic that you're talking about look a little bit better. But now that we've peeled that back, now that we've peeled it back. We know that insolvency is a very real problem. And, you know, you and I have said how many times one paycheck away. Well, some people are less than one paycheck away. They are less than one paycheck away. And now so you couple that with anybody who's going to have to re-up their mortgage in the next year or two years where the payments are going to skyrocket or at the same time, that $750,000 mortgage they would have qualified for not two months ago, Roy, now they can qualify for about $575,000. And that's a big difference. So it's you're adding up all of these factors, including a debt to GDP ratio that's going up. And eventually you're going to say to me, come on, Eric, tell me something positive. Well, right now we've got some scarce positivity in the economy. And as I say, this this phenomenon of stagflation, the bank, the bank and the government can talk a good game, Roy, but there is nothing they can do in the short run to stop it. Those wheels were set in motion two years ago. So the last time we experienced anything similar to this would have been 1991. Yes. Yeah, exactly. When interest rates shot up to 21 percent and people walked let me just away. Add, from let me just home. add this. Let me just add this. So an entire generation has no no experience with this at all. Well, yeah. And, and you see, that's the problem is that we ask young people, really every people, but young people especially, to adjust their expectations. And, you know, the Bank of Canada, we know now in, in you know, retrospect is, is 2020, they played a very dangerous game. They dropped increases in the cost of living to nearly zero for the better part of a decade and a decade and a half. So you had a, a generation or three quarters of a generation of Canadians look at houses and cars, really not worrying about making those payments. But now, as we know, there's two problems with these payments. Number one, they're about to skyrocket. And number two, we are going to have a recession. We're going to have a decrease in the demand for labor that's going to cause an increase in unemployment. So my heart hurts for the people they are going to find themselves not able to afford their mortgage or not able to afford their car payment and at the same time out of work. And this is where the government and the bank are going to have to do some very skillful dancing to try to put the economy back on the right rails. So let's uh, let's look. Let me just grab a couple of numbers here and then ask you to run with it, please. 
So we talked about uh, the piece that you sent me, $577 billion in cumulative deficit over a four-year period with this government. But they're not the only ones. Because both parties, as this piece points out, both the conservatives and the liberals, have uh, created uh, overspending at times. And if you look back to the early 90s, John Kretschmann, particularly Paul Martin, did an excellent job of managing the economy and uh, and bringing things the House into order. The Harper conservatives uh, had some surplus and uh, really rode us into the uh, the world recession in 2009 in pretty good shape. So can you just pick it up and tell us, what do we need to know? Where are we headed? Make my head stop hurting. Roy, your head's not going to stop hurting, or at least it's not going to stop hurting for a while, because when you put all of the things that we've been talking about together, what you have is a private sector economy combined with a public sector economy that is very slowly going to ground to a halt. I mean, I've been saying before on your show that if you want to grow an economy, you have to target the private sector. But we know that over the past few years, the only thing to grow is the public sector. And while that does give kind of a false indication of a rise in the business cycle, you can rest assured that it is a house of cards and it's going to come back down the business cycle very quickly. As I said to you in the article I sent, look at things like interest on our debt right now. Right. Interest charges on our debt as a percentage of overall government spending is about eight percent. But those are at historic low levels. You can rest assured that that number may jump to 20 or 25 percent if interest rates go up as fast as people say they're going to. So we have to take a a piece of Paul Martin's playbook. And now people are having a stroke because they're saying, oh, my gosh, Eric's complimenting the liberals. But Paul Martin, as one finance minister, Stephen Harper and his crew understood that the trick to getting an economy to run well is to have private sector growth, growth in consumption, growth in investment. Listen, Roy, you're never going to stop the business cycle. Okay, what goes up must come down. It is just a rule in economics. The trick is, can you keep the highs not too high and the lows not still there too low and the only way proven to do that throughout time yes i'm here you hear me we lost you for a few seconds but you're back oh i'm sorry all i was going to say and i'll I'll say it quickly is that we've got to work with the private sector we've got to stop with the giving away all of these billions of dollars we've got to stop forgetting that we have a debt and a deficit to pass on to future generations when people like like the, the the modern monetary theorists say it doesn't matter It does. It does because of the debt on the debt. And that is compound debt. And it's unhealthy. Right now, Roy, I'm being verbose. There's just a lot of unhealthy going on. And there's nothing that the bank or the government can do about it in the short run. No, I don't want you to stop. I'm glad you're talking. I'm glad you're going on with this and explaining to us. When you talk about 20 to 25 percent, that scared the hell out of me. Um, And and when we look at the, uh, the really the different layers of debt, federal, we might as well add provincial. And then we we look at uh, deficit, and then we look at the uh, the financial reality for for Canadians uh, with the household debt uh, at record highs. This is really this is really alarming because it's dangerous. I, it's dangerous, I, how, how you and you know, this? and you know what? What gets us out of this? What gets us out of this right now is time and and diligence. The the interest rate rises are inevitable. There's nothing we can do. We've got to do something to counteract the billions of dollars of CERB they gave away. So in the short run, there is nothing. Eric, if you're the 
let me elevate you uh, from Bank of Canada Governor. Let me give you both positions, all three of them. Bank of Canada Governor, Finance Minister and Prime Minister. And you have the you have carte blanche to get things working properly. What do you do? The first thing I do is get rid of the carbon tax. The first thing I do right now is ensure that families will maintain their homes and their livelihoods. And I put money into their pocket. That's increasing disposable income. That's decreasing taxes, especially the ones that are going to do nothing, namely the carbon tax. That alone would put one or two thousand dollars extra into everybody's pocket who not just drives a car, but heats a home, Roy. We've said it before. There's no time right now to worry about anything other than people and insolvency. And the best way to help that is through disposable income. It's through disposable income, no other way. So my number one thing I would do, and I know I sound like other guests you've had, is scrap the carbon tax and get disposable income back to levels where I no longer worry about such a ridiculous number of people being one paycheck away from the street. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.